I believe that our, our personality can kind of be boiled down to the story we live out of in our, you know, in life, right? But we don't edit our stories. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. Hi there, writers. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I'm going to do something you have been asking for for a long time. I'm finally going to bring in a guest to talk about the Enneagram. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, I'm sure you've heard either me or the guests we've had on the show bring up Enneagram and Enneagram numbers, and maybe you've done a whole deep dive yourself on the Enneagram and you already know what your number is and what your wing is and what your subtype is and all the things, or maybe you're like any a what <laughs> the way that I was a few years ago when I first heard this word. The Enneagram is a personality typing system that can be a really helpful filter or tool to use as you interact with other people and to help you better understand yourself. And it's especially a really powerful and helpful tool as you learn how to write your own story and how to understand yourself within your life. So I'm bringing in a guest today. Her name is Katie Gustafson. She's a longtime friend of mine. She's also a therapist and she's trained in teaching the Enneagram. She and I are going to talk about the connection between writing or creativity in the Enneagram. We're going to talk about the different numbers of the Enneagram and what they mean. We'll talk about how the Enneagram can be a tool to teach us about ourselves and a special little hint. Katie and I are both Enneagram fours, and I know we have a lot of fours who listen to this show. So you'll get to hear us talk a little bit about what it feels like to be a four. But if you don't know what any of that means, never fear. Katie's going to give us the crash course. Do you have a sense that you have a story you want to write, but you aren't sure you want to publish it? Or maybe you're definitely sure you don't want to publish, but the idea of writing your personal story sounds like something you might like to try. Finally, finally, I have a resource for you. For over a decade, myself and my team at Find Your Voice have been supporting authors who have powerful stories that they want to publish in the format of a book. And over all those years, I've watched as the power of writing down a personal story brought clarity to these authors, brought healing to their lives, and ultimately helped them take back their lives from critics, from past mistakes, from a culture that wanted to define them or put them in a box. But until now, I didn't have a great resource for someone who wanted to write their story, not for publishing, but for taking back their power. So if that's you, this is exciting news. Right now, you can go to writeyourstory.com and for free, you can download a simple worksheet that's going to walk you through the beginning steps of outlining your personal story. All you have to do is complete the questions on the worksheet, watch the videos, and I'll teach you not only how to tell your story, but how to take back your life by telling your story. I'm going to teach you how to know what's really interesting about your personal story, how to know where the story starts and where it stops, and I'll even teach you a trick that the pros use to take their writing from good to great. Don't wait another day to write your story and take back your life. Head to writeyourstory.com right now and download your free worksheet. 
Hi, and welcome to the show, my dear friend, Katie Gustafson. Hi. Hi, thanks for being here. (laughs) Oh, this is so fun to be here with you. I'm honored. I want to talk with you today a lot about the Enneagram because we've had so many listeners ask us questions about this and the Enneagram comes up in, I would say like 50% of the episodes, we end up somehow talking about the Enneagram. Someone mentions that they're an Enneagram six or an Enneagram three or whatever it is. And we've gotten a lot of questions from people all across the spectrum, everywhere from like, what the heck is the Enneagram (laughs) all the way to, can we talk more about the Enneagram? Because I'm really fascinated and curious about this. So you're the expert on the subject. I want to dive deep on the Enneagram and talk about that today. But I'm going to back up a minute because we always start on this show. My listeners know now with the same question, which is, what does it mean to you to find your voice? Gosh, I, I really love this question. And I love this idea of finding your voice. You know, to me, not to get too woo-woo out of the gate. <laughs> um, I love woo-woo. <laughs> I know you do. You know, I feel like finding your voice to me is such a sacred process. You know, when you hear it, find your voice, it kind of feels like an event. <laughs> it feels like yeah. a moment. But I, I just I just am convinced that it's a process and it's really sacred. And to me, you know, it's a process of continually opening yourself up to love. Hmm. And I think several years ago, I would have said, find your voice means to kind of like own your power, you know, yeah, step into your power, which I, I do think there's some truth to that. But I, I think that that can be really connected to scarcity and to fear, like s- the striving sense of like, oh, I need yeah. to power and I need to, to, you know, own my power and find my voice. And I really do believe that we've got to back up 10 steps and, you know, start this process of really allowing love to move in and through us. And, Mm. and, and from that place, I do think that we own our power and we step into our power and, and we become our truest, selves. But I, I, I think it's such a vulnerable process. Yeah. That is so based in love versus kind of this like armoring up, like I'm going to, I'm going to prove myself and I'm going to find myself, which kind of can tend to feel like a striving. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? I don't know. It makes so much sense. I mean, what you're touching into is something that I think is a really important paradigm shift, which is that even though we say the phrase, find your voice, and that's the name of this show and it's the name of my company, but it's not really, we're not really like out there in the world searching for our voice, this thing that we've never had before. Mm. What you're touching into is that the voice, the, the truth of us has always been with us. It is deep inside of us. It is our essence. It's all that we are. And Mm -hmm. the the process of quote unquote finding it is actually more like a relaxing into it, Mm -hmm. which rings really true for me. I think that voice or the the word finding can be a little misleading. And what what rings true for me is that it really is more about a relaxing into who you've always been Mm -hmm. than it is like a striving or reaching for something out there in the world. Totally. Totally. I love love what you're saying about essence and really opening up to essence, you know, in that, in that sense, it really does become about kind of getting back to the truth of who we are, you know, and Mm. 
unlearning some of the striving, unlearning some of the scarcity, you know, because we're born, you know, this with your precious, perfect, sweet Nella, you know, born into this world as just loving, open, curious beings. And we learn the fear part along the way. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, I think you're right to use that word essence and really opening, opening up to that essential part of who we are, that true, true self. Can you give us a little bit of a um, perspective on like how you're coming to this conversation before we dive into all the Enneagram stuff? I know you're multifaceted as we all are, but you have so many different skill sets and also a whole life experience that you bring to the table. So can you just give us like a little bit of a high level context into the life of Katie? Yeah. Where am I coming to this from? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm 10 years into private practice. So mm-hmm. that's bizarre. I learned the Enneagram before I went to school to become a therapist. So I've been working kind of with the Enneagram in my own life and in, you know, in my private practice for well over a decade. And, and I come, you know, to this conversation too, as a new mom and it's really colored my experience and, and my identity. You know, I, I definitely come to this conversation kind of in an exciting place right now within my work, which is really wanting to equip people, how to use the Enneagram in their everyday life, how to really put it to work for them as a tool, um, applicable. That's a passion that I have. And that's something that I'm doing a lot of work around right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of the things that I really love about the Enneagram that I think sets it apart from other personality tools Mm -hmm. is of course, there's some allure to wanting to define who I am and how I am in the world and what's my personality and what am I like and understanding myself. And a lot of personality tools can help us to do that. But I think what the Enneagram does that some of those other tools leave out is it actually gives you lots of room to grow Mm -hmm. and it gives you a way to engage with and understand other people who operate very differently than you. It gives you a way to engage with them and to communicate with them effectively and so that you can get to an outcome that's really good for everyone. Mm. So um, can you, for, for those people who have no idea what the Enneagram is or who think they know, but they're not sure they know, or maybe even for people who have been at this a while and understand, but they don't have a way to like explain it to other people. Can you tell us in, in a couple of sentences what the Enneagram is? Well, first of all, the Enneagram has actually been around we think since like the fourth century, it truly is ancient. Now the modern Enneagram of personality is, is much more recent in probably the, I would say 1970s is when it kind of came back on the radar in a, in a new and different way, but it's basically a holistic personality and and character typing system used to deepen self-awareness and understanding. That's kind of the way I explain it. Mm -hmm. And that's, personality and character for a reason, because, you know, like you said, it it doesn't stop at a personality test. It doesn't just want you to know your type and become an insular process. And you just kind of piece out with that knowledge. It's really wanting to go deeper than personality. And 
and excavate the the why behind the way you think, feel, and act. So it wants to really understand your story. I mean, mm. I say this all the time, but the Enneagram and, and narrative or story are so intricately intertwined. They really, really are. I mean, the Enneagram has been passed down through the generations, through our through the narrative tradition. Wow. So you can't really separate it from story. It's so powerful and applicable because it's it does really give you the why and the motivation, which I am a huge fan of other personality tests. I'm not one of those people that is just a purist, you know, Enneagram yeah. zealot. But, you know, the, the thing that is, is stunts those personality types, I mean, the personality assessments, I believe, is, is just that they, they, they do kind of stop at personality and optics. They do stop at just the behavior kind of realm. And the Enneagram really goes to a deeper level. I love that the word personality is actually derived from the Greek word persona, which means mask. Hmm. Um, and so that alone just tells, tells us how much we wear our personality around like a mask yeah. uh, versus the word character, right? So character it's also a character typing system. And when I think of character, I think of something that's deeper and that's more lasting. So again, going beneath the personality to take a closer look at, you know, behind the mask, going deeper into the core kind of engravings of, of what our character structure is. Yeah. There's so many different ways that I could engage with everything that you just said. There's so much there, but I want to really dive into the connection between Enneagram and narrative because it's the first time I've heard it said that way. I'm fascinated by that. It also makes it make a ton more sense to me why so many of our listeners are fascinated by the Enneagram and interested in learning more about it because the people who listen to this show are interested in understanding and being able to tell their own personal story in a way that makes sense to them and helps them engage with the world. And that's exactly, if I'm understanding you correctly, what the Enneagram is helping us do. Absolutely. What are some of the ways that the Enneagram helps us to do that? So again, the Enneagram is is based on the fact that there are essentially nine key personality types in the world, one of which we gravitate towards in early childhood. Mm. I believe that our our personality can kind of be boiled down to the story we live out of in our, you know, in life. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of builds and builds and builds, right? Like your personality is, is kind of made up of this conglomerate of affects and defense mechanisms and, you know, all the different ways that we respond to the world, it really becomes the story that we live out of, right? So, you know, oftentimes, this is where therapy kind of comes into Enneagram slash narrative is a lot of times I will see clients that show up in my office and they've been living out of this story, this personality story that is not working for them anymore, right? Yeah. It's yep. like they don't know. And they a lot of times this, this personality story is something that was made up in early childhood, right? Sure. And so as we grow and mature, you know, we don't need our personalities in the same way we did when we were 
10, 11, 12, 13, right? But we don't edit our stories. Yes. Until we're forced to. <laughs> and yeah. so a lot of times that's what we do in the therapy office is we get out the story and we write down the story and we just kind of hold it up to the light and take inventory and we say, okay, is this working or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story working for me or not working for me and what needs editing? So good. That's such a brilliant, brilliant way to say that. So what's, I'll tell you what's coming up for me is I could tell you, uh, it's what you're saying is resonating with me on a personal level. I'm realizing this is the experience that I had in my life that I reached a fever pitch in my life at about 30 years old when my life exploded into a million pieces and everything fell apart that I realized the old story I had been telling about myself wasn't working anymore, mm-hmm. or at least the old story was getting me these results that were so terribly painful for me. Yeah. that I finally realized it was going to have to change. I was going to have to retell the story to myself in a new way. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if I kind of give you a little bit of details around that. If you could, for the sake of our listeners, if you could help me understand how I could use the Enneagram as a way to understand my story in a new way. Yeah, drill it down. Sounds Okay, great. so I think what I realized at about 30 years old was that the story that I had told about myself or that had been told about me or that I had lived out of was this idea that I am too emotional. My feelings are a problem for everyone around me because they're inconvenient and they cause too much chaos and too much of a ruckus. And so if I want to be connected to people, I have to tone it down. Mm. So in my first marriage, I was constantly, constantly, constantly toning it down. And every time that I would have any sort of emotional reaction whatsoever, whether it was mad or sad or happy or anything that caused any kind of a disturbance in my ex-husband's world, I would pay the consequences for it. And so I just kept learning to sort of like stuff, 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 stuff Mm -hmm. until whatever volatility was present in our partnership was too much for either or both of us to handle. Mm. And it exploded in both of our faces. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's a lot more that I could say about that. And I've talked about this on the show before. But I just remember distinctly feeling like, I think I'm done with telling myself that this was my fault. That if only I could have toned things down, dialed it back, not been as sad, not been as angry, not had as strong of opinions, not been so much to deal with. If only I could have done that, Mm -hmm. then we could have saved this. I'm done with that story. That story is not working for me anymore. So then now I'm starting over from scratch and I have to write a new story. Mm -hmm. So the way that I did that was I sat down, I did the only thing I knew how to do, which was literally to start with a blank piece of paper and a pen and just start telling the story in a new way. Mm -hmm. And what I found was the truth. (laughs) Which wasn't the story that I had been telling myself. But I know that I used the Enneagram through that period of my life and into this transition where I'm living a totally different life now. But I don't know that I have a lot of clarity around how I used it. So Mm. if I showed up to your office, Katie, during that time in my life, what are some ways that you would encourage me to engage with a tool like the Enneagram? Yeah. Well, first of all, what I would want to know is what parts of the type four character structure or personality type, what parts resonate the most for you? Mm. 
Yeah. So let's see what parts. Well, we'll this will really reveal how well I even know the Enneagram or how well I know my type. But I think drama, emotion, really being in touch with how I feel. Like there's there's never a time in my life when I don't I couldn't tell you how I feel. <laughs> I almost always know. And usually I can tell you how everyone else in the room feels too. Also like authenticity, truth, like a desperate need to express myself mm-hmm. in a true way. I feel like sometimes maybe a little like trapped by that. It doesn't work for me to try to pretend like I don't feel something that I actually feel. Mm-hmm. So that would be that's how I contextualize or identify as a four. Yeah. Well, you know, so if you were in my office and we were doing work around this story and this piece, basically I would really want to fine tune kind of your just working knowledge and understanding of your type, first of all, which you definitely have. But in order to understand what's working and what's not working, you know, we would we would look at type four and the story and the personality story that type fours live out of, which is all that I'm hearing you say, you know, there's a a, a focus on deficiency, you know, so knowing, knowing that, you know, your, your partner, your husband, you know, saw all of these things as deficiencies in you rather than your superpower, right? Yeah, yeah. And understanding that, you know, type fours, their gift to the world, right, is their ability to feel, to go deep. Mm -hmm. It's what allows them their creative birthright. It's what gives them their keen ability to hold space for the hurting and and to capture the the beauty of kind of deeper things, right? So we would really kind of try to look at what you had seen for so long as the story that wasn't working. And we would, you know, redefine who you are as a four, a healthy four, because I mean, we, we can all be unhealthy in our type. So it's really a matter of doing the work to live into the higher parts of our character structure and our personality. You know, this, I hear you saying like, I was too much. I was too, too dramatic. Like to me, that's code for, I really didn't have any understanding around those parts of me. And my partner definitely did not have any understanding around (laughs) parts of me. And so that is number one, self-observation is, is the first kind of like chess move with, within it's just to really like, you know, I would, I would task you Allie with going out into the world and, being a student of Allie, being mm. a student of Allie's experience and Allie's narrative and becoming so keenly aware of, you know, which is, it's, it's a, it's kind of a daunting process if you think about it. Yeah. From that place of self-observation, from that place of self-understanding is the only space from which we can write something new. And so really kind of, I mean, because part of it, we have to understand like, am I too much? 
am I living out of emotion in a lopsided way? You know, yeah. do I need to reel some of these parts of me in so that my personality is not getting the best of me, right? Yes, yes. And so self-observation is a huge thing. And I use, obviously, writing as a, a massive tool with clients. And so as, as a writer, of course, you already have a leg up in that work. But it is, it's writing down your findings, you know, as you self-observe and writing down what's working, writing down what's not working. And I, you know what I use, honestly, Allie, with a lot of clients in my office as a way to implement the Enneagram is the infinity prompt. Oh, I love it. So it's such a great litmus test to understand, am I out of balance here? It's all about bringing balance, what's out of balance. And so writing the facts, writing about a situation that we're struggling with, writing our feelings about the situation we're in and writing our thoughts about it. And so it's really kind of drilling it down to the point where we can kind of move through it and choose what is responsive as opposed to reactionary. Yeah. 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 That word self-observation is so important. It, it is the great overlap between Enneagram work and writing work. I think especially writing for personal development yeah. because writing, and I talk about this all the time is such a great tool, not only to like record the things that you observe about yourself, but also to be able to observe those things about yourself. Because sometimes through the act of just writing something down, you're able to tell more of the truth to yourself than you would be if you were just thinking it in your mind, or even if you were speaking it out loud to a friend, there are a lot of factors that play a role in that. But, you know, this is why I think there's such a great overlap between the work that you do and the work that I do. And I pull Enneagram work into the work that I do, and you pull writing work into the work that you do. And it's why you and I partnered with our friend Kula to do the self-care yeah. workshop, which I would love to talk about, actually. Can we yeah. can we just pause and sit on this for a minute and talk about the self-care workshop and why you and I decided to join forces yeah. along with Kula, who's a very gifted yoga instructor, mm-hmm. and offer people a way to take better care of themselves? Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my it's favorite. It's so thing. fun. It's so fun. And my my goal right now and and how i really you know encourage and support clients into self-care is really kind of rebranding self-care as self-compassion mm. and i think you know this workshop combining the enneagram with writing with yoga and mindful movement is just a beautiful kind of petri dish for more self-compassion in our lives, which is basically just the process of treating ourselves with the same care and compassion that we would treat a friend in need. And I think, I think gathering in this way in the self-care workshop and writing and learning how to utilize this tool, because I use writing a lot to help people really understand their their inner dialogue, whether that is harsh or whether that is compassionate. And so, you know, bringing this writing piece that you do and you coach clients to use 
just more powerfully and the yoga piece moving in a mindful way and, and giving our bodies that kind of gentle movement as well as understanding ourselves and understanding how we're wired. I just think it all comes together to make this beautiful bow on this package that is the self-care workshop. And it's so exciting to me. Totally. You know, you mentioned this, but it's, it's, I think self-care is in such desperate need of a rebrand because so many of us have attached self-care to things like spa days or Botox or shopping spree or wine night with the girls, which, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but especially inside of the world that we're living in currently, where there's a lot of uncertainty about the future and much more financial instability for people. And, you know, depending on where you live, there are more restrictions around where you can go and can't go. So it's not as easy as it once was to book a massage or to go for a pedicure with friends or whatever, whatever have you. And the great thing about this is you don't need any of that stuff in order to take great care of yourself. And what you're talking about, self-compassion, is something that actually happens without ever spending a penny, right. without ever going anywhere, and it happens all inside of our own heads. Right. It doesn't mean that other people and other relationships can't help contribute to our own, the, to the voice in our head, right? Like I always say, the voice in your head came from somewhere. It usually comes from it's usually tapes that we've memorized from other people in our lives. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we can't change the voice in our head without any help from anyone. Right. And I think right, both writing and the Enneagram provide us in a really amazing tool in order to do that. Awesome. Can you talk about some of the exercises that you did at the self-care workshop last February that help people who are new to the Enneagram or even relatively new to kind of get an understanding of their type and start to work with the material? Well, I was trained to teach the Enneagram in the narrative tradition, which is heavy on panel work, which we didn't get to do, but I would, I'm hoping that we can do that, have panels where people can literally tell their story as a type two, as a type five, as a type yeah. eight, right? So one of, in my mind, one of the best tools to use in a setting like that for self-care workshop is I can only know so much about what it, what it means to be a type one, right? Cause I'm a type four. So I don't, I have, I have a lot of one in me, but I, I'm not a type, I'm not a dominant type one. So, so part the, one of the best, most powerful exercises is to allow people, um, participants to tell a bit of their story mm -hmm. on a panel in a panel setting. And what yeah. that does, what that does, it's so, it's so cathartic, right? Because basically a lot of our story is, I mean, not to go too far on you, but it's, it's, it's pain. It's a lot yeah. of, you know, <laughs> I think a lot, like you said, like you're kind of a huge, just cathartic point in your life was when your marriage blew up, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so much of, of our stories that kind of shape us into the people that we are today is our pain, pain yeah. our loss. And I always say we our grief must be witnessed. Our grief must be witnessed. And so for, for you, Allie, to, and for Kula as a type nine and for you as a type four and for me as a type four to get to tell a bit of our story and our loss 
in a safe environment like that mm-hmm. is really allowing our stories to be witnessed, allowing yeah. our, our grief to be witnessed. And there is a, it's almost like an experiential therapeutic exercise because yeah. so it, uh, you know, you are really opening yourself up to a lot of vulnerability and yeah. um, takes a lot of courage. So I love, and it's, it's also, you don't have to do this. This might sound terrifying for you five <laughs> out there. You know, you're probably like, okay, well check. I will, I will not be going to the self-care workshop. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have to participate in that. There are other things that you can do, but you know, I do think the more we can do the self-study of really understanding more about our types. That's why I, I tell people never to stop at taking a personality type. Always do, you know, try to go to a workshop or, or read a book and, and yeah. deeper self-study. So, you know, getting around other people that aren't your type, that's also yeah. something that's so powerful because it helps us understand that they're motivated by different things in life. It helps us have a fuller perspective of what it means to be human in the world because I know what it's like to live and breathe as a four in the world, but I don't know what it's like to live and breathe as a nine or a one or a five or whatever. So every time that I, as I use the Enneagram as a tool to better understand what it might be like to be my husband in the world, who's a nine, or to better understand what it might be like to be my sister in the world, who's a six. Every time I do that, it broadens my sense and my understanding of what it means to be a human being. It deepens my compassion. It grows my empathy. It, I, I really do think that this using this as a tool, and I say this about writing too, but using this as a tool makes us better citizens, better family members, better spouses, better lovers, better children, better parents, all the way around. It just makes us better people and better contributors. Yeah, totally. I mean, Oh, you just nailed it. You know, it's like, we're both married to nines. And, (laughs) you know, I, that was a huge, a huge game changer for me uh, learning that he, that Daniel, my husband was a type nine, because, you know, it just, it gave me so much more insight into what motivated him. And when we would have disagreements and I would just not understand where he was coming from, I could really go back to the type nine character structure and really understand what was motivating him, which, you know, a lot of times is to keep the peace and to, to yeah. keep, like stay, you know, everyone's, you know, stay, stay calm. And, and I yeah. fours were so all about self-expression and, and, yeah. all, you know, blah, 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 blah. so anyway, that was so helpful. I mean, to yeah, also, you know, at like the self-care workshop, something that I love that we do using the Enneagram as a tool is we break down type by what is going to be helpful self-care Yes, your type, right? So in step with what we're saying, my self-care as a type four will probably not be the same self-care that a type nine typically practices. Maybe, Agreed, it, yeah. but maybe it won't. You know, they say a lot of times that for type nines, comfort is not your friend, you know, because type nines are so drawn to staying in their comfort zone. Yeah. They, yeah. They, 
not that they're lazy. I mean, that's a, that's a total myth, but self-care for a type nine might be to push yourself a little bit. Yeah, totally. Something outside of your comfort zone. Whereas, you know, for a type one, it's definitely in order to relax a little bit, have a little fun, let yeah, cut yourself a break. <laughs> break. Yeah. You know, comfort might be more of a, a prescriptive self-care practice for a type one. So that is such a powerful thing that people walk away from the self-care workshop with using the Enneagram as a tool, which is a personalized kind of self-care plan. Hmm. I love it. I'm so excited. I know you and I have been working with Kula to get a new date on the calendar for a way that we can deliver this workshop safely in the midst of current restrictions. So we'll keep everyone who's listening posted on when that will be available. Last one we did was last February and it was right before the stay at home order was in place. So I can't, it sounds, feels like forever ago. It feels like a different time. Yeah. It feels like 10 years ago. Gosh. Okay, so if people are listening and they're like, I still am not really sure what type I am, or I've been typed as this one type and then also another type, and then so-and-so told me this, or I've taken the test, but I'm not sure it was right, what advice would you give them about how to determine their type? Oh, well, I would completely validate their frustration because it can be highly frustrating to really, really, really nail down your type. I was actually just having a conversation about this this morning. Whereas I think the Enneagram is more powerful and more kind of expansive and comprehensive than a lot of personality tests. It can be a lot harder to to understand your type and to nail down one. So what I would, what I would do, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, A, I do typing interviews with clients all the time. So people will literally reach out to me on my website or something and set up um, a typing interview is what we call them. These are, these are powerful and really helpful because again, you have an objective kind of person in the mix that is asking you a, a slew of highly dialed in questioning process that really supports you in understanding either your top type or between two or three. And so I like to tell people a lot to live into their types. You know, if you have, if you think you may be a seven and a two, you know, just to live and live with those and, and, and observe yourself for a couple months and just, just see what feels more true. You're not going to resonate with every single thing in a type. So yeah. And spoiler alert, no one is a pure type, right? We're kind of yeah. all nine types. We just have a dominant type that we sh- we do lead with. So, you know, I'd love to support whoever for a typing interview. I love doing those. Also, you know, I just, I think finding a, a, a an Enneagram coach in your area, there's a lot of us out there. Also, you know, finding just some some resources, some books that go a little bit deeper into character structure. And, you know, kind of like I said, finding your top two or three that feel the most like home and just spending time with those so as to really kind of feel like which is the most true for you. Yeah. I love that you're offering those typing interviews. How does someone sign up for that? I think Anybody who's listening, if you've been struggling to figure out your Enneagram type, 
sign up for one of these typing interviews with Katie. This is, I didn't even know this was a service available, but it's amazing. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's, I love doing them. I mean, it's just, it's such fun work. Yeah. You can go on my website, katiegustafson.co and fill out a little form. Um, I think on like a work with me page or something like that. Um, I'll find it and I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes so that, that people can find it easily. Yeah. Those are great. Those are great fun. Awesome. Katie, we could talk all day long about the Enneagram (laughs) and we usually do. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to share your expertise with us. I can't wait for self-care workshop to come back around again. I really hope that our listeners come do a typing interview with you. The Enneagram is such a powerful tool. I know it's been a powerful tool in my life and in yours and for so many of your clients as well. So Thanks yeah. for giving us uh, your insights and your wisdom in our episode today. And I know that you have so much more to share. So can't wait to hear more. Oh, you're so welcome, friend. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.